everybody, it's Dimity here, and I wanted to come in and say hello to you quickly. We are waiting for Coach Amanda to call in. She's having a couple technical difficulties this morning, so um, I think that might be her. Let's see. Um, Amanda? Nope, not yet. Um, so, um, so I have your questions here, <laughs> and um, I also... Uh, wanted to um, let you know that we will get those all answered. If you have any questions during the broadcast, you can definitely raise your hand um, and say hello. Um, and either um, I can unmute you and you can talk to Coach Amanda, or um, you can also um, just type in a question and I'd be happy to, to read that out loud and have her answer it. Are you here, Amanda? Okay, yeah. hi. That's hi, it. That's what's a, going on? That's a morning, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, do you have headphones on? I just want to make sure that your sound is as good as we can get it. Um, let me see what I have here that'll plug into my phone. Okay. Um, probably just gonna be look, just gonna be earbuds, I think. Okay. Um, so that's not gonna work. Very, that's not gonna make a difference, probably. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll just go with this, and we'll do our best, and that's that's what we can do this morning. Um. So okay, that's. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Yeah. I don't think I have headphones that actually plug into my phone. I don't know. Um, I know. Isn't that funny that we've gone this way that you can't even, um, I just got an iPhone 10, which was um, totally on a big promotion. Otherwise I would have been like, um, give me the, like the last year's model that right. <laughs> I, can, I can figure out how to use. And yeah, it only yeah. has one jack, which is just like, I like to listen to podcasts sometimes while I fall asleep, but you want to wake up right. and have your phone charged in the morning. Ugh, anyway. All right, yeah. that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about um, running on the traditional plans in which you coach in the Train Like a Mother Club. So thanks for joining us this morning, Amanda. Um, I'm happy to and uh, are you on spring break right now? Um, no, ours is not until, ours is always um, attached to Easter. Um, so oh. we, we're not till like um, mid-April. Oh, okay. And are, will you be traveling? Are you guys hanging at home or what are you doing? Oh, I mean... <laughs> Um, right now, um, my world is controlled by accepted student days. Um, so I'm oh, um, yes. trying to like fit all that in the next few weeks, um, which will, I think, lead into spring break a bit too. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah. just curious, is there a, is there a front runner or is that, or is that um, not ready for public uh, disclosure yet? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. He's into so many, he's, I'm not sounding humble here, but he got into some really great schools and he, he just has more choices than he knows what to do with. And um, it's just like, I have to keep reminding myself, he's 18 and this is the biggest decision he's ever made. And so he's super stressed. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I don't, I mean, we're going to a lot, uh, like I said, we're going to a lot, but I, I don't even know. I don't even know if I can tell you there's a front runner at the moment. I mean, I, last week I would have said Richmond, but then he got some more acceptances in the meantime since then. And so it's just very confusing. <laughs> wow wow not looking forward to that <laughs> i can hear it a little yeah, no and that that is a really good perspective this is the biggest decision he's made in his life and um yeah, you know yeah. the reality is is probably every school will, will have something great to offer him but it when you're looking at it especially when you haven't been there it's hard to to know right yeah 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 and i mean he's been to most of them but again it's like it's been a year since he's been to them, so he's a different person. So yeah. Oh sure, sure. But I mean, I really feel like it. Uh, and this is not a college uh, admissions or application or or anything webinar. But I gotta say, like, there's a very big difference between walking around the campus and maybe even spending the night and 
being a student there and being enrolled yeah. and being away from school sure. and having your own dorm room and all that. I mean, because I mean, I, you know, uh, that's, that's a whole other podcast. We'll, 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 we'll hit yeah. that. Another yeah. time. <laughs> Run like a uh, college admissions officer. Okay. Right. Um, so we are going to talk a little bit about, um, the programs you guys wrote in some great questions um before we get started though there are some ladies on spring break and um and then we also have a lot of ladies kind of in the midst of their training cycles right now looking at races in um may and kind of early june and, and maybe even late april and so it's tough um because this is you know the bulk of the training kind of comes up the bulk of the training comes up um in the middle of a week where, te you know, I mean, I know right now my schedule's thrown off. We're in the middle of spring break and, um, you know, I'm sitting here in the kitchen and I've got two dogs that need to be walked. I've got a daughter that needs to be taken to lifeguard <laughs> training. Like there's just a lot going on, yeah. Um, yeah. which is odd because it's a break time. Um, and, and then also just the mid-cycle blahs often hit, right? Where you're just like, you're not excited about anymore about starting, but the starting line feels far <laughs> enough away that, you're like, oh, I'm never going to get there, or do I even care anymore? So do you have any ideas for just kind of navigating when things get thrown a little bit awry and how to how to keep it going? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I mean, for the people who, like you mentioned, might be spring breaking, um, you know, have kids at home, and it's like it's kind of throwing their mojo off a little bit um, and scheduling is tough. Um, I mean, my, my, my words of advice would be, you know what, just roll with it do what you can do, um, you know, one week of maybe not hitting all your runs or having to cut some runs short or whatever it might be is not going to make or break you. Um, <laughs> as long as you've got the consistency in there over, you know, the whole span of the cycle, you're just fine. And so don't let it be a stressor. Um, take it off your plate as something that you must get in and do and, you know, just, just go with it. So, um, that is what I would say to those folks, um, to those who are maybe, uh, like you mentioned, kind of in, in the midst of it and the, the start line's looking pretty far off and they're feeling a little bit tired and this, that, and the other. Um, I would say, first of all, know that that's normal. Yes. Um, and it's just, it's part of the deal. It's a, it is a long haul. Um, this is, and you know, it, 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 I don't think there's anything in life like, all of us are passionate about things and most of us are passionate in this case about running. Um, you know, it, even something that you love as much as you love running, your, your enthusiasm for it's never going to be, um, 100%, 100% of the time. So it's natural to have, you know, over a long cycle to have these kind of dips in motivation. And, um, what I would say is, you know, try to just get yourself out the door, remind yourself that once you're out there, you're usually, happier that, that you got out there um Absolutely. you know once you're back in the door you're probably not going to regret that you did it um and you know if there's a day where you just can't do it you just can't force yourself out you know all right then skip it you know like and and the next day you'll feel better and you know give yourself that that hall pass to take the day off um you know whatever it might be but but before you know it you know i mean you're going to be over the pump and you're going to be into the paper and and um, you know smooth sailing the rest of the way. So. The light comes on. The lovely light comes on. You pin on the bib. Awesome. Yep. Okay. Um, so Megan uh, just wrote in. I just wanted to read a couple of these things. Um, she says, uh, "Hi, ladies. I'm so excited to be here with all of you." She's on a half marathon plan. She is. This is my week two, day one of the run program, the 13.1 run program. Last week, my boy girl twins turned four, and chaos ensued. 
Needless to say, training did not go well. That's what we just talked about. But I'm back on track. I ran the Missoula half last summer. It was my first, and I loved the walk one program walk run program i'm running the same race this year and i know i can push myself a little harder the only time goal i have is to be faster than last year looking forward to running with all of you um and i just wanted to read that out because oh my gosh boy girl twins that are four years old um i don't know that i would have the energy right now <laughs> it's hard to put yourself back when your kids are that young but um and then also just to know that she's like quick uh you know making the right step she went from walk run to run you know, she wants to be a little bit faster. She obviously knows that chaos is going to ensue probably during the training cycle, but I love, I love her attitude. So that's awesome. Welcome, Megan. Agree. Yes. Agree. Agree. And then the other one that yeah. I wanted to call out was all these, most of these plants have circuit runs on them, which are runs, they're short runs that kind of get you out and integrate strength training along the way, which is, can be embarrassing, right? Because when's the last time you like did some squats in front of your neighbor's house, but um, Ellen's right. right um, and then squatting as in air squats, not like squatting, like I've got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Ellen, uh, after several weeks on my training plan, I was finally able to get my circuit run done outside. I tried many times to talk myself out of it and just do it on the treadmill again. But thankfully, I got over that. To those of you who may be on the fence, doing a plank on the sidewalk in your neighborhood isn't nearly as embarrassing as I thought it would be. Um, and I just want to echo that. Um, I've said this a ton, and I, I think you agree, Amanda. Like, people... If anything, they're staring at you because they are jealous that you're out there doing something that they're not. They're behind the wheel, you know, or they're, um, you know, yeah. walking their dog or whatever. Um, and yeah. uh, they just, I mean, you know, I think I that sometimes I think people get that at the gym as well. You know, like, oh, everybody's watching me. I have the wrong form or whatever. People are way too self-involved to really care what you're doing. <laughs> I, I mean, think that the, is absolutely like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the reality <laughs> of human nature, right? It really is. It really is. And it's funny because that's something I try to remind my kids too, that, you know, no one cares as much as you care, right? You know, yeah. about whatever it might be, you know, whatever the situation is. So yeah, don't even worry about it and let it go. Yeah. And so good yeah. for her. Yeah. And, and yeah. And people echo that on that post. I mean, you know, um, Carrie, I know, said that she did it in a snowplow, went by. So she was doing a plank in the snow um, and other, I mean, some other stuff, you know, but basically everyone's like, yep, yep. You know what? I, it took me a couple couple self-talks to get over myself, but once I did, NBD. So um, so definitely give it a go if that's something that's holding you back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so let's launch into the questions. Um, we're going to start with the 10K ones. Erin um, says, um, can you explain a tempo run? I'm not sure I'm doing it right. I've been aiming for my 5K pace for tempo miles, but I'm not sure if that's too fast or slow. That's that's like the six million dollar question in the running world, right? How do you classify a tempo right. run? So, um, right. so how do you do it, Amanda? Well, first of all, 5K is too fast. Um, I'm just going to okay. say that. Um, and I'm also going to say um, tempo is not something you necessarily want to be assigning a pace to. Um, and so, again, I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record, I think, over um, – and I always am a broken record on this that, – that just because we can dial into specific paces on a watch these days doesn't mean we should be. And tempo is one of those cases where really what I want you doing is going out and running – pace that feels comfortably hard, a pace that feels sustainable. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes they say it, you should be able to sustain tempo up to like the, the, that pace up to an hour. So when you're running this, does this feel like something you could sustain for up to an hour? 5K, I would say no, you can't. <laughs> um, yes. yeah, so, most people, yeah. Um, yeah, so so comfortably hard, 
Um, if you must, absolutely look at your watch and know what that pace is, um, you know, more like 30 seconds slower than your 5K pace. Um, but, I, you know, again, I would prefer that with tempo, you're not looking at your watch. You're just going and you're making it comfortably hard. Um, and, and that's the end of it. Do it for the prescribed mileage and, and, and not, not really worry about pace. Yeah, if we, if we went on a, that comfortably hard, that's, that's one of the dogs. That's my mom's dog, of course. My dog doesn't bark ever, sorry. Um, watching her while she's on spring break, I, I'm here, but anyway. Um, so, uh, so if you had to give a number to it, like, you know, on a one to, that one to 10 scale, that RPE scale, a tempo, what, where would you put that? Um, Probably like a seven, mm -hmm. seven, yeah. 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 Um, something like that. Um, okay. so yeah, I mean like it's a push, but it's not, you know, something that's leaving you dying and you know, that you can only do for, you know, like a mile and then you're dead. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, comfortably hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's, it's nebulous and I know people hate nebulous these days because everybody wants, Cause you, you can, know, data. We want data. Yes. Yes. Right. And I, I get okay that. not to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I, I think about like, if you're easy effort place, I often think about like turning up the volume a little bit, you know, like one or two notches. It's not like you're blaring your stereo all of a sudden, but you're just like, oh, I really like yeah. this. I'm going to turn it up a little bit and sing along. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's so you're still able to talk. You're not talking the way that we are right now. Right. But you can you can probably right. say like this is hard or, you know, some short sentences. Um. So, yeah. So, yeah, I like the idea of thinking about if it's a pace that you could stay in you know, for an hour, and that might not be exactly where you are right now, given your fitness level, but it, that's the idea behind it. So, you know, if you need to adjust right. based on that, um, and maybe you're like, okay, well, maybe could I sustain this for half an hour? Could I sustain this for 45 minutes? You know, kind of, again, just kind of checking in with yourself and thinking about your effort. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I will say one, one yeah. more thing on that, just on yeah. tempo, is that, um, I mean, I actually, like, I really like doing tempo. I think, I think it's like, it's a, it, it makes you feel good and strong, yes. um, but it doesn't, but it doesn't wipe you, you know? So that in mind too. Like you, you should not yeah. come out of that, like feeling like, holy crap, I can't run another step. Never, ever, ever should that be your experience there. Um, but it should almost feel like an empowering pace, I guess, is one is something I want to say. Yeah. I like that. That's a very like feminist, like tempo run is empowering. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's, we'll call yeah. it our, our slyly feminist run. Um, okay, cool. Here's another one about um, effort. This is Stephanie. Um, she's doing the 10K race plan. Um, she's running a 10K Memorial Day. She's really enjoying the plan, so that's great to hear. Um, she said, before this, I did a variety of the heart rate plans with the Train Like a Mother Club. Um, it seems pretty ingrained in me right now that any easy effort run is a run with a cap of a 140 heart rate. Um, also, after doing heart rate training for three years, my 140 pace is faster than it was at the beginning, and so it doesn't feel super easy anymore. If I were really to go by effort, my easy effort would be more like a 120 to 130 heart rate. Um, any advice on how to integrate the 140 pace with these traditional plans, or should I just abandon the heart rate concept and just try to go by feel? Yeah, so we had somebody um, earlier this week, it was on, on Sunday's Ask the Coach, asking something similar. And what I was saying to her is that, first of all, let's just say, um, you know, I'm going to pat you on the back for having done the heart rate training and you know you what you what you've done is given yourself a, a lovely aerobic base to work from now that you've moved on from that into a traditional plan that is not heart rate based like that i 
I, I kind of do want you to not really pay attention to it anymore because the thing is, um, once you do start, you know, incorporating some speed in there, um, you know, some, some different intervals, things like that, um, it, it, it's going to impact your ability to really stay at that super low heart rate anymore, like consistently, you know, on the other runs and things like that. Um, so, you know, know that you've gained the benefits from doing heart rate training, but kind of accept that you need to move on and not really be focused on it anymore. It's kind of like the choice you make when you move over to one of these plans. Um, sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I think, you know, I mean, I think it's interesting and I think there's a sense of curiosity um, about it, which I think, you know, having done it for three years, you're going to naturally, that's just going to be kind of almost a habit now to check your heart rate. But yeah, I mean, like yeah. you said earlier, your effort, you know, is really your guide, right? And so if an easy effort one day feels, you know, it has you an average of 125 and that felt perfect for what you had to do that day, then there's no reason to say I needed really needed to have an average of 139, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, like I, I personally, um, so I personally have done low heart rate training um, and it's been years since I did it. But, um, you know, to this day, I'll look at the end of my run when I, you know, look at my screen and I'll, I'll look out of curiosity and see where my heart rate was. Um, and more to me, like, like today, it was super high. I noticed when I came back and I'd done a really super easy effort. And the only feedback I'm taking from that is like, okay, probably my legs are a little bit tired. You know, I did a really heavy strength workout yesterday. You know, my legs are tired or maybe I'm tired or maybe I'm stressed or maybe I'm getting sick or, you know, any of those sure. things. Like it's nothing more than a, it's a little bit of information at this point, but it's not something that you can really follow in a traditional plan and, and, and count on it being, you know, below like the 140 or, or whatever um, number exactly. it is you're, you're aiming for. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's more information than a, than a dictate. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. absolutely, yeah. I would say the college decision process probably is weighing on you subconsciously personally, you know, as your psychiatrist <laughs> yeah. and your college admissions yeah. officer all in this webinar. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So here's a half marathon um, question. Um, it's Maria. She's on spring break right now. Um, so she isn't here, but she has a question for you. She's in the 13.1 race plan, and she's trying to figure out a realistic race pace. In my previous three half marathons, I was either super conservative or hurt, so my fastest average race pace was about um, 11.30 to 11.40 minutes a mile. So those are her three previous half marathons. In this training okay. cycle, I've been able to run between 9.40 and 5, 9.45 and 10-minute miles for up to four miles during my long runs or tempo runs, and then comfortably settle into a slower pace and finish the rest of my miles. Um, if I can do miles at the faster paced sandwich in the middle of my run, how will I know if I can really sustain that or what can I sustain for the full half marathon? Um, so, yeah, so she it seems like she's definitely running stronger and has, you know, some nice yeah. race pace miles in her. So, um, you know, talk a little bit about um, how you integrate the race pace miles that you do during training in some of the programs to how that translates to race day. Yeah, so I think um, the thing that the good news is for someone in her shoes is that um, if she's able to do that, you know, during her training runs, um, it's a fairly decent predictor of what she might be able to sustain in a race. Um, that said, you know, I mean, given her history, it, it, is, it is a big jump. Um, but she sounds like she's in a healthier place. And, um, you know, if she's willing to, I, I still want her to start conservatively at, during the race, no matter yeah. what. And I want, you know, that's my advice to everyone. 
Um, but if she wants to try to, you know, throw a little caution to the wind in that race, um, especially if she gets, you know, past the halfway mark um, and try to really go for it, um, I think she should, you know, gain confidence from what she has been able to do in training. And um, even though, you know, say it's a four mile segment that she's doing in the middle of a run and, you know, a lot of times that's hard to imagine that you can sustain that for longer. Um, if you're getting through your entire training cycle and if you're going through the taper and you're arriving at the finish line, you know, strong and healthy and, and refreshed, um, you'd be surprised what you can do. Um, so that, that would be my advice. Agreed. Agreed. And um, I'm just looking, if you're looking at me, I'm just looking at a pace chart right now. Um, so, you know, so she's got, you know, say, say she's got 10 minute miles and 1130 miles. So, you know, starting conservatively, I would say, you know, I mean, if she ran 1030 splits, that would be about a 217. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would, you know, maybe have her start with like the 220 pacer and see how that person is doing, you know, just to give herself a conservative start and then yeah. s- speed up from there um, and maybe yeah. try to catch the 215 yeah. pacer or something like that. You know, um, yeah. I mean, it really depends upon, right, her mentality. Like, does she want to just go for it and see how fast she can go? And if that means that she dies at mile, dies in quotation marks, you know, mile 10 and has, you know, a, a struggle for the last three miles, that's interesting. Or does she really want to just try to run a really strong, solid race, see, you know, and really practice her pacing, practice to see what that feels like, and then, you know, she's going to probably do better just based on what you said earlier. And then, and then, you know, take that race, put it in her little short pocket and, um, and try again. Right. I mean, because there's so many good things that you can get from, from running a little bit faster. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, a couple of things we've touched on in the past too, are that, you know, if you're really going for it and and if you're going to, you know, um, really kind of knock it out of the ballpark, know that it's going to have to hurt. Um, it's not going to be comfortable, um, yes. you know, so, so keep that in the back of your mind. And then um, also, yeah, like you just alluded to, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be learned from these things. And sometimes it does take us several times to really get it right, you know, to learn, you know, oh, you know, this, this pace at the, at the beginning of the race did not serve me well. But, but, you know, so next time I'm going to slow it down or whatever it might be. It yeah. takes a few times to, to understand how you race and, and how what works for you. Um, and so, you know, I, I think people, you know, get so set on PRs and sometimes we need to like just kind of let that go and look at the long term picture and know that you can get to that PR. But you maybe need to practice it a few times with a few races and understand racing and, and your strategies and, and, and then know that that PR is doable, but it just you know, you might have to learn the hard way a couple of times before you get to it. Totally. And she, I mean, she described herself as super conservative. So, you know, so let's yeah. be conservative, you know, or let's be like right. one notch right. to the left of conservative, you know, and not necessarily right. go out for it. So yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of um, going for it, um, this is a question from Nicole. She is on the marathon obliterate the distance plan. Um, she's doing the New Jersey marathon on April 28th. So in about a month or so. Um, she says the training has not gone perfectly. She had a bad cold in week nine that I had to miss a week of training and then some other niggles that necess- necessitated a few days of rest. I was hoping for a BQ time at the race of Boston qualifying time, but now I'm struggling to reach and sustain the race pace during some of the workouts. She's now five weeks out from the race. Should she still aim for a BQ or pull the plug on that goal? Um, and then she adds, 
Um, she also scheduled an appointment with her nurse practitioner. Um, I don't know if it's just because I'm a, um, in the toughest month of marathon training or if something else is going on. I'm going to ask her for some blood work, some like iron levels, B12. <laughs> she says, maybe I'm just getting old, the effects of menopause, et cetera, but my energy level is so low and training is just feeling really hard right now. So um, obviously, you know, everybody's individual, but, and that's this is kind of a tough situation, but what would you tell Nicole to, to think about and, and do with five weeks out? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it sounds to me like, you know, it could be a combo of she has lost some training due to um, illness and, you know, injury, not quite injury, it sounds like, but, you know, she has lost some training. So, yeah. um, so, so maybe a really aggressive plan, like obliterate is, you know, a, a little bit much for her fitness level at the moment, or, you know, a little bit much for her um, goal pace at the moment. Um, you know, that, that maybe right now that's just a little bit out of reach for where she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I mean, maybe something's off, like, like she said with, you know, and she's getting the blood work done and that kind of stuff, or maybe it's just that this plan is just taking its toll on her with what, what she has to, to offer at this training cycle. Um, exactly. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, she probably doesn't want, doesn't want to hear this, but I think that probably I would definitely dial back on that goal, um, you know, the, the race pace goal for now. Mm-hmm. Um, just, to, just to be realistic, just to not blow up and have a miserable, miserable experience out there, um, you know, dial back um, and, you know, maybe, maybe the stars will align and things will be great, but um, I would, I would, I would dial it back a bit, um, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe 10 to 15 seconds per mile dialed back, um, something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And as you were talking through your answer, I mean, I was also thinking about what I would do in this situation. And I know that Nicole is a very talented runner and Boston is a big, you know, she she's very capable of getting there, even with, you know, the crazy, yeah. you got to run 23 minutes faster than your age group right now, <laughs> qualification yeah. standards. Um, and so I would either do two things. How how important is it for you to qualify for Boston right now? If that's If that's your absolute goal then let's that then let's move the let's move the the goal post you know let's move you know let's maybe look for a, a may marathon or a fall marathon and you could either turn this into a half marathon and go have you know a really fun speedy day um and or you could go or you can you know adjust your mentality and say okay well, this isn't this but i want to go run this marathon and see how and you know, i know i'm rolling the dice and maybe it'll maybe it'll play out and maybe it won't um but I think having this a real idea of why you're out there um, is going to be really helpful. And like you said, you know, so yeah, I think you and I are both of the mentality of this is probably not going to be your BQ day. You don't know. It may be, you know, maybe all this rest, that unexpected rest might actually help you. Maybe your iron levels are low and two weeks of taking iron tablets is going to just make you feel like the rock star that you are. Um, but if that isn't the case, then, then, how am I going to get to the finish line feeling good about things, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, exactly. That's the biggest exactly. thing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Okay. Um, similar. Similarly, um, here's another pace question. Um, Tammy. Uh, she says she has her second 20 miler this weekend um, at the Crush It plan. She hopes to run the marathon at a 10:30 pace. 
what pace should I run the 20 miles this weekend at? I figure it should be slower than marathon pace because of all the accumulated fatigue. Yep, okay, so broken record time again. <laughs> I, think you, uh, I think you run the 20 miles at whatever pace your body wants to run it. Um, if I don't have a prescribed pace on there, like race pace miles or you know, like a segment of race pace miles or something along those lines, just run it comfortably and that's it. You're, you're, you're putting these miles in the bank, you're working on your endurance. You don't need to work on a specific pace for this particular run. Um, End of story. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. And they should all, I mean, all the long runs should be easy pace. I mean, I know we say that in the documents and in training peaks and stuff, but I mean, easy, right? I mean, a 20 mile, I often say yep. the easy pace, like if I was standing at the end of your driveway and I told you to go run two or three more miles, you could because of the pace that you went out at. That's probably not yep. the case for yep. a 20 miler <laughs> just because of the, the, the sheer right, distance right, of right. it. But I mean, that's, that's the idea is that you are really you know, out there just really strengthening your endurance muscles. So, you know, is that one minute slower? Is that two minutes slower than race pace? Maybe. And, and maybe it's, maybe it's just 15 minutes or 15 seconds slower. You know, um, it just depends upon how you're feeling that day, but it's how you define easy in your body. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. And it's again, like kind of like what you just said, like every, every run in there has a purpose. The purpose of a long run is not to be, um, unless I've specified to be getting in some race pace segments, the, the purpose of the long run is just just build your endurance. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, she has another question. Um, so her um, she's six weeks out right now from her fifth marathon, and she's having a little knee pain. So she doesn't move, so it's not really textbook IT band or runner's knee. I think it's stemming from my hip, which feels a bit wonky. Is it too late to do strength exercises for the hips? So what would you have her do to make sure that her knees um, can go the distance on race day? Well, um, first of all, it's never too late to, to throw in, um, you know, some some, um, some strength work, some, um, you know, kind of like what we call our prehab work or, or um, mobility work, that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know how bad it's feeling, but, you know, maybe it's something worth checking in with the PT also, because yes, like, like she said, um, yeah, usually where you feel the pain is not the, the root of the pain. It usually is coming from somewhere else and it's, it's just showing up as a symptom there. Um, so it might be worth, you know, figuring out what what and where um, the pain is originating from and, you know, see if there's some, some stuff you can do. And so if she has a good PT, I'd do a check-in with them. Um, I would definitely too. Yeah. 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 For yeah. Sure. For sure. Um, okay, um, so here are two fun questions um, about marathons. We'll do the we'll do the Boston one first. Um, Kristen is going to Boston for the first time. Um, she's getting ready. Uh, so this is um, the first time she's done such a huge race with such a late start. She's in wave three, so she won't start running until about 11 a.m. But I'm guessing I'll mm -hmm. be on the bus and at Athletes Village much earlier than that. You are guessing right, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what advice do you have to prepare for a great race? Nutrition, rest, pre-race jitters, when it's inevitably going to be a lot of stress to get out of my hotel to Athletes Village and then walk, wait around until it's time for my wave. Um, so when did you, you've run Boston, haven't you, Amanda? I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know yeah. Um, yeah. No. Um, so um, a few things I would say about that. Um, first of all, the beauty of the Athletes Village is that it's actually like just really, really fun. Um, and it's, you know, the energy is high and it's very social and everyone's having fun. And um, so I think as far as pre-race jitters go, if you are out there at the Athletes Village for a long time and um, 
you know, your, your, your jitters kind of go away a little bit. Like it just, it's just helpful because it is such a, just kind of a celebration there. Um, so it's fun. And I, I would say like, kind of, kind of like let yourself just, um, enjoy that and, and, um, take advantage of it and use it to kind of help with those jitters. Um, it, it, it is a long time. Um, you know, probably you're looking at, you know, a good six, five, six hours, you know. Oh, really? You know, that like when you're up. I mean, oh, from when you get. Buses, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those buses really ridiculously early um, to get out there. And then you're, you are just sitting there. And so um, be prepared for things like, um, you know, if it's a hot day, um, be prepared for ways to keep yourself cool um, and stay out of the sun if you can. If you can find a shady spot, go get in it because um, you don't want to, you know, sit there and sweat before you start the race. And I have seen some long-range forecasts that are indicating it's going to be a hot day at Boston this year. So, um, oh, geez. okay. Yeah, like just some Boston um, weather predictions that I've seen out there already. So, okay. um, but, you know, on the other side, it could be a really cold, rainy day like last year. And then your other issue is going to be how are you going to stay warm sitting out there? So, because you're exposed, you're sitting out there for hours. Um, but, you know, so... But another thing I might recommend, and this is totally up to her, I have never done this, but people do this, and that is, okay, you know your start time's at 11. Can you, in the next two Saturday long runs, um, adjust your day on that Saturday to potentially start your long run at 11? I mean, I, you know, personally, I think that sounds just awful, but I mean, that's probably what <laughs> has prevented me from doing it because, like, yes. who, but, but. I can't it, do it. I can't make it work. Yeah. Way, yeah, it's a great way to like try your nutrition for the morning, um, you know, because it is an adjustment. Like you're probably used to getting up, throwing something, you know, down your throat and running out the door to, to get your long run in. So you've got these hours and you want to maybe play with that nutrition. And so I would say, you know, you have hours to, to digest. And so take advantage of that with that early wake up compared to the late start and really have a good big breakfast. Um, and anything else i don't know you know just um yeah i mean i know. think i think you hit a lot of it i mean i think a lot of it is i mean so it's the night it's not um so boston's on a monday right and so sunday night rest mm -hmm. is usually pretty crappy and that's okay all the studies mm -hmm. show yep. that saturday night rest is what you want so you know don't yep. be out touring boston on you know till the wee hours on saturday um and then the other thing is obviously i mean i know you know this but it just bears repeating like make sure you have snacks and and stuff to keep you you know kind of prepare for everything you know i see a lot of minimalist yeah. people with nothing in their bags and that's understandable especially in boston because of security and all that um but i would say you know like you know you might not want that rx bar that you always eat so maybe bring a lara bar or you know just kind of have a couple different options because you want to have what you have the other thing and this is you know this is again me putting myself in kristen's position I, um, when I get nervous, I get very chatty, you know, and I want to make friends right. with everybody and I want to, you know, make people laugh and I want to, you know, feel like a team and all that stuff. And that can be very draining. Um, and, and it's a good thing. I mean, I, I like, you know, I like that part of my personality, but going to run, doing that right before 26.2 mile tour of Boston can maybe isn't the best thing. I mean, definitely, you know, make friends with people, you know, if you're out there by yourself, chat with somebody, but, you know, find a quiet spot if you need that to sit down definitely sit down that's the other thing that i was gonna say i know you said sit a couple times but i'm like 
you know, sometimes I see people standing, you know, for long, long periods of time before a race. I'm like, dude, save your energy, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, and if it is going to yeah. be rainy, then what are you going to be sitting on? Right. You know, like just yeah. kind of think, think things through like that, but most of all, just go enjoy it all. I mean, it's such a storied race and that's got, I mean, the athletes yeah. village, I think is a really big part of that whole situation, isn't it? Um, waiting yeah. and, and having it be starting late. I mean, it's, it's a story and a race that you're going to remember forever. So don't let it stress you out yeah. too much. Yeah. And one last little weird tip. But yeah. For when you're at the Athletes Village, um, some people bring up like little inflatable, like pool, um, like flotation devices, you know, that you can oh. blow on, like a really cheap one to like to sit on um, so that you've got something, you know, like if it is raining, you can sit on that and not be sitting on the wet ground um, yeah. or whatever. It can just be comfortable, you know, but, you know, like you kind of see it all up there in Athletes Village. But, um, you know, if you feel like going out and spending $10 to buy something, you know, like that that you can take with you, certainly easy to pack and you just have to blow it up and then you have it. So yeah, that's a good idea. The other one that makes me think yeah. that I think this isn't just applicable to Boston, but the one um, piece of kind of throwaway clothing that I feel like is the most genius is a bathrobe, right? If you can go to Goodwill yeah. and find yourself a nice flannel bathrobe, you know, that is big and kind of, you know, makes you feel nice and cozy. I mean, granted, if it's going to be hot in Boston, you're probably not going to need that, but um, I've seen that a couple of retreats, people having the, the bathrooms prior to the marathons and it makes, it's just nice. Cause then you're not like, Oh, you get, you get your whole body covered without having to have a sweatshirt, have sweatpants, you know? Um, I don't know. And it's, it's a, and it's a nice look. It's a good fashion do at the beginning of any, any race. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and so this last marathon question, I, I don't know if you saw this on the Facebook page yet, um, Amanda, but um, it's Amy, she is taking on the Zermatt marathon. So Zermatt, as we all, as you probably know, is um, is one of the most famous Alps. <laughs> it's in Switzerland. It is yeah. a mountain, and it climbs almost the entire time. There's a nice, nice little, slight downhill before it shoots uphill. And I mean, I mean climbing as in, you know, overall, I did some conversions. It's about 2,000 meters or 6,500 feet. Um, the last six oh, K <laughs> has 800 meters of climbing. So the last the last 6k you're climbing almost 2600 feet 2600 feet um oh, hey. <laughs> yeah and so her, her question um amy is she's on the crush it plan and she's wondering what adaptations she should make to prepare for my marathon should i add a mile to my long runs on the treadmill at a max incline she says the end is a bit hilly <laughs> a little smiley face i'm like <laughs> your whole race is kind of hilly so i mean first of all just talk about the kind of um, mentality that you have to have when you are going into a race where you're going to be climbing almost the entire time. Yeah, I mean, it, definitely a conservative mentality. This is not um, a course that's, you know, made for PRs. <laughs> I think that's yeah, obvious, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so you're going to take in the beauty and, um, you know, challenge yourself on the mountain for sure. Uh, but you're not going um, balls to the walls on this one. <laughs> sure, so, sure. Um, but I mean, you know, I usually I am not one who is um, big on super race specificity. Um, that's that I, I think you can do a lot of prep um, with just, you know, um, going out and, for instance, plotting out long run courses that have a lot of hills in there that you just are going to encounter throughout. And, and you know, I'm not, I'm not super big on, OK, your your long run profile must match your race profile. You know, I mean, sure. it's just, that's getting a little bit too drilled down. 
I think you can still get the benefits from finding a really hilly course. Um, that said, in this particular case, because so much of it is at the end, um, I do think there's some value in, in, in this case, making those last couple of miles as uphill as you can. And if that is on a treadmill, um, she mentioned, you know, adding a mile. Don't add on a mile beyond what, what your prescribed distance is. I mean, just make maybe your last two miles, you know, on a pretty good incline um, at the end, because that is going to be, you know, it, it's going to be both easy and hard having it at the very end. Easy in the sense that um, you're just, I mean, the, the last couple of miles of a marathon never feel good. So, yes, so that's <laughs> a given here, no matter what. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, it's just, that's a tough spot on the marathon anyhow. Um, so there you have that, um, you know, but at the same, on the flip side, you know, you're exhausted when you get to that point and it, it is going to be hard to, to, to have to face that. So, um, so yeah, so I would, I would definitely, you know, try to, if she's training on a treadmill, um, you know, definitely incorporate rollers in there throughout your treadmill run and then make those last two miles. Um, not adding on, but those last two miles of the distance that we have prescribed, um, just have them going uphill. Yes, do it. Absolutely. Or if you're doing it on the road, find a place where you can finish your last couple of miles going uphill. Yeah, Deb, absolutely. Absolutely. It reminds me a little bit of the Pikes Peak Ascent, which I did a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and I mean, one of the things that, I mean, I did a lot of training uh, out on, um, or not a lot, I probably did two of my long runs out on trails that were similar to that. Um, I lived near it. So mm -hmm. I would definitely say, you know, I, and I don't know if this is on a road or a trail, so that's going to make a difference. But um, I just remember my lower back and my hips really feeling like it was nice, like on your joints to not have to, you're, you're climbing, right? And that, you know, so you don't have as much pressure on your quads and your muscles and that kind of thing. But I would definitely um, make sure that you're doing all of your strength, especially for your hips, um, they just, for some reason, like that, that nonstop climbing just takes, it just does a toll on, on your body. Yeah. Um, and so getting your body ready for that. And especially, like I said, kind of that core area is going to make a big difference. And then obviously I'm sure that you already know this, Amy, but there's no shame in walking, <laughs> you know, when it, there's a lot of times when, um, you can actually like kind of speed walk slash power walk faster than running. And if you need a break um, from from the constant uphill, just, you know, give yourself a minute or two or a mile or two, whatever, whatever you need um, to just keep moving forward. Because that's really what it feels like is that this race is just about, you know, keep just putting one foot in front of the other. Right. Yeah. 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 Agree. Agree. And when you're talking about you know, specific areas of your body, another area, too, you might want to be doing some calf raises because, um, you know, yes. hill climbing also can take its toll on your calves. They can they can fatigue pretty quickly. They're small muscles, and um, and you know a lot of the stress goes to that area as well. So um, that's another thing. Maybe maybe just a couple of times a week, get some calf raises in after you know throwing like 20 per leg after a run or something. So yeah, for sure. But I'm excited to hear about it. <laughs> I, know. I, I know that the the um the uh the kind of the equation for the Pikes Peak ascent is it's even though it's it's a half marathon. But it's basically a marathon time um, because of the climbing. I think it was, I can't remember. I think it's 7,000 feet. So so this is wow. this is not quite as, um, you know, not quite as uh, acute of an incline. But I'm curious to see maybe it's your marathon and a half or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's right. marathon right. and three quarters because of the fatigue that comes on. So obviously, you know, the more that you can prepare yourself to be out there for longer just because of the, the difficulty of the course, um, 
the the better off you'll be. But I, I can't wait to hear about it. Good luck, Amy and and Christina know, Boston and race. yeah, Nicole in New Jersey and all these people that are out racing. So thank you, um, Coach Amanda. That was really fun. And um, sorry again about the the late start, but we'll uh, we'll get it ironed out next time. And uh, have a great week, Amanda. I hope that uh, some decisions Thank are made you. and you and your heart rate comes down. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. Take care. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye -bye. Sounds good. Bye.